0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural doctor developed and tested Anacool by Anacool A-N-A-C-O-O-L on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Over the course of human history, there's been Noah's Ark, savior of mankind. St. Francis of Assisi's, foregoing his wealth to be savior of all animals. And Curtis Sliwa, guardian angel and savior of New York City, protecting both man and beast. The Curtis Sliwa Show presents... Curtis's Ark with Nancy Sliwa. From bipeds to quadrupeds and everything in between. Now, with Nancy Sliwa, here's Curtis Sliwa.
1: Once again, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, we have to open the Animal Welfare Hour with the announcement that there's another dead whale that's washed ashore. Seems almost every other day, somewhere in the northeast uh, coast, especially the Jersey Shore or the south shore of Long Island, if it's not a whale, it's a dolphin, it's a porpoise, it's endless. Um, the bearer of bad news is uh, my wife, once again, Nancy. Um, this whale, I think, uh, washed ashore not far from where you were living in bohemia am i correct
2: uh yeah so uh this is in smith point county park beach it's uh it, i think it's not too far from where fire island is so this was on friday and it was a humpback whale uh you know sort of estimated to be approximately five years old 35 feet long right so kind of a a large type of whale And it was, uh, you know, thought to be dead for uh, quite some time. Now, unfortunately, the necropsy that gets done on it, you know, typically it it won't be available for several weeks to a few months. So, you know, again, the consistent tagline is what's being repeated by, uh, you know, the officials. Oh, it's part of an unusual mortality event. And no particular cause, and we'll wait and let you know what happened. So, yeah, unfortunately, another one washed up.
1: And still our governor here, Kathy Hochul, will not even consider suspending the issuance of contracts for the building of new windmills, uh, turbine-driven, that are the size of the Chrysler building once they're positioned on the ocean's floor, and obviously they go straight up. Imagine the size of the Chrysler building, and they're out there offshore, six miles offshore. Uh, Apparently, there are not only more contracts being issued by Kathy Hochul and Governor Murphy for windmills off the Jersey Shore, but that the people who have signed the contracts as the companies from Sweden and Denmark, they now want more money. That because they're claiming inflation has driven up the, ch- the 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 price even before they get started.
2: Yeah, so so definitely a a bad sign and I mean again pointing to aside from the fact that the, these contracts are a complete failure for protecting wildlife um which you know they're clearly stated as such. I mean they're not abiding by any of the uh you know regulations that have existed to protect uh ocean uh mammals. But what they're doing now They're going forward with uh, one of the biggest projects, uh, the biggest one, I think, that has been approved so far by the Biden administration, and it's of like a commercial scale. So this is Ocean Wind 1. This is the project that's um, right off of the shore of Atlantic City. Now, this has 98 wind turbines associated with it, right? So this is the biggest one, 98 wind turbines. Now, again, they like to say that they're they're very very far offshore, but unfortunately, there's also three um, substations that are related to this because that's how you get the energy there. So these are going to be three huge um, substations that exist much much closer than the 98 wind turbines, and the pushback coming back, you know, from all of these obviously these uh, groups concerned about the impacts on the whales. You know, the again the tagline. No connection, no known links to offshore wind serving, so we're not going to stop it. Um, And, you know, it's done under this concept of diversifying the wind supply. Uh, I'm sorry, diversifying energy supply. So, again, it's not even saying that we think that this is safe. We're just saying, hey, we'd like to just try something else. So now, again, and just to put it in perspective, too, some of these whales that are washing on shore, the, the three that are most at risk so far, uh, the humpback, the right, uh, right whale, and the mink whale. And there's only 350 right whales that remain. So the fact that we've had so many deaths, I mean, I don't think they'll make it through the year. The, I mean, all of them could potentially be gone by the end of this year if something isn't done to stop this.
1: And uh, this new batch of windmills uh, are going to be 13 miles offshore uh, opposite Atlantic City and Brigantine. And uh, Murphy, again, has been uh, uh, extorted for more money by the company that got the contract. I think it's Denmark. Yeah. Uh, So before they even put the first pile in, the first uh, TNT blast in the ocean's floor, the first sonar search for the appropriate location for um, windmills and their turbines that are the size of the Chrysler building. Yeah. Chrysler Building is just slightly smaller than the Empire State Building. And, my God, they're already demanding more money. And Murphy, instead of saying, well, let's put it out for competitive bidding, both Murphy and Hochul have no competitive bidding. That means no bids. This is our company. These are our friends. And you know, like in any no-bid contract, it's going to be kickbacks
2: yeah i mean and, and I think most people have noticed uh same, same like we have where the increased cost of uh you know for instance Coned here in New York City and i mean even recently they said oh by twenty twenty five it's going to be double the rate what it well part of that uh is based on this these subsidies that they're giving to so We're actually paying for this to happen. So people have to start recognizing you're paying more each month to let this happen. It's even worse than just electing the wrong people. You're actually paying for this.
1: And all we're calling for is a moratorium. Stop putting any more of these windmills offshore until it can be fully researched as to whether they are the reason that these whales and dolphins and porpoises a dying horrible deaths because I mean,
2: they, they know it's the reason it's it's just it's it's such a incredible it's such an incredible purposeful cover-up there's no doubt about it
1: our numbers 1-800-848-9222 we start the animal welfare hour with more bad news okay oh, another whale has washed ashore and unfortunately there will be many many more unless we stop this madness 1-800-848-wabc now some really good news, Nancy, a golden retriever. You love golden retrievers. <laughs> Tell us how the golden retriever did something that was extraordinarily brave by any standard.
2: Okay, so the, in in uh, Italy, they have rescue dogs, right? So not rescue dogs like we would use the term, but actual um, lifeguard rescue dogs. So there's, uh, you know, organizations that train dogs to be lifeguards. So in conjunction with uh, individuals on beaches, they can help. So there was these um, two uh, golden retrievers, Kelly and Beatrice, uh, and they actually were assisted in helping rescue five young boys who were caught up in a riptide uh, off of the shores of Tuscany. And so they were 160 feet out from the shore. You know, they started screaming. So there was only one lifeguard on duty, but there was two of these dogs. So the joint effort of the three of them actually saved these five young boys.
1: Now, uh, that is extraordinary. <laughs> you had golden retrievers. You had retrievers. How bright are they?
2: Well, I mean, w- well, certainly they're very bright, and you know, they're they're also very protective. Uh, in my experience, and certainly very docile. So, you know, I, I think that level of, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, demeanor would really account for it. And, and plus, I mean, they're relatively big dogs, so I imagine that's helpful And them being able to actually drag people back to shore as well.
1: Our number is one 800 That's one 800 wabc Now, you said the Golden Retrievers are docile but the news, the pet-related news, that's really like front-page news here in our tabloids, the posts and the Daily News, is the vigil that was held for the toy poodle mauled by the New York City bookstore owner's dog. What is that? Sicko? Psycho? What's 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 the name of that dog?
2: Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure the name of the dog, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 there was a the vigil held and. Um, you know, unfortunately, this this was you know d- dogs kept on the premise of a business on the Upper East Side, and you know it, it's been a problem in the past. Uh, this dog, and you know, it, you know, unfortunately, it was involved in an incident where it attacked, um, and one of the dogs that it attacked had to be put down recently. So you know, obviously, uh, people were outraged by when this happened initially, and then the dog having to be put down as as a result of these injuries uh, caused the, you know, the public to show up. You know, they had like a vigil held outside, and now, um, you know, the owner of this bookstore is sort of, you know, annoyed and, you know, saying, oh, I'm getting, you know, a lot of negativity because of this. So, you know, now this person's outraged at the response to what just happened. So, yeah, I mean, it's a really absurd situation, but... Clearly, this person should be held accountable. And it's not even clear at this point, I think, where these dogs have gone. Um, You know, she said, oh, I I don't keep them here anymore. I ship them off to, like, my home where I live upstate. But, again, I mean, these, you know, with with all due respect, like, I'm not sure if these are uh, specifically, um, you know, dogs that are, you know, vicious. But at a minimum, she should be held accountable. I don't even think that's happened at this point.
1: Well, I passed by the bookstore today. It's on 92nd Street. Uh, anybody who's had French, uh, they would probably be attracted to it because it's called Library <laughs> des Enfants Terribles. Uh, apparently, the the one dog out of her many German Shepherds, she she's like Joe Biden. She likes German Shepherds. She's a white Shepherd uh, yeah. that supposedly killed this toy poodle. You yeah, know,
2: you're right, Psycho with an S. Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine you name your dog Psycho. And then it goes out and it kills this toy poodle. And you wonder why everybody is upset in your Upper East Side neighborhood? Les Enfants Terrible Bookstore, whatever the hell they call that.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, and it's just ridiculous because, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, obviously, who go throughout New York City. And, you know, they don't have their dogs on leashes for whatever reason, you know, maybe they they seem to think they have this level of control over them, but I mean the reality is, you know, they can be scared like and you know, you you have to be able to have them under control for this reason. I mean, the the explanation of this was that, you know, sort of the door opened and all of a sudden they were the dogs were sort of near each other and this Dog just ran out and got scared and, you know, attacked. So, again, this is why you need to keep your dogs under control. It's your fault. This is why she needs to be held accountable. I mean, again, it's not the dog's fault. It's her fault.
1: Incredible. Absolutely incredible. This this sort of rivals what happened on the Upper East Side right near Mount Sinai Hospital. I think it was like 105th Street on Fifth Avenue. Remember, you had the one owner of his uh, baby pit's. Uh, he was a bit psycho himself. He attacked another guy's dog. Remember, there was all kinds of chaos. So many times this happens, and it's usually because the dog is off the leash. The dog is off the leash. And, naturally, dog is going to at times be a predator, depending on the breed. And you have to expect this to happen. you got to keep the dog on the leash. This is the and, city.
2: And, again, they're relying on you to control them. So, I mean, the, the same way that a person can be nervous when they go out in public in New York City. I mean, they're nervous and you can't even maybe just, you know, pull back a little and say, "No, it's okay, stay by me." They they're just going on their own reaction. So, again, this is why you need to have them under your control. You as their owner, they're supposed to listen to you and take their lead from you. And if you're letting them go wild by having them off leash, then they're going to react accordingly.
1: Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight wabc Now, I have seen picture after picture. Now all the candidates uh, in the Republican primary in Iowa, the Caucasoid caucuses, they've been at the county fair there. And when you go to a county fair in Iowa, which I've been to, the state fair, excuse me, in Iowa, they have shows uh, in which they have big, uh, big pigs. You know, female pigs, uh, male pigs, and they give awards. You know, you come in, they give a blue ribbon award. I mean, some of these huskers are like huge. But there's the ongoing battle between states like Iowa, where they slaughter massive amounts in their uh, in their po- in their uh, uh, pork operations, the slaughterhouses. North Carolina is number two in terms of pork production. They have got these massive farms where these these uh, pigs have no room to move many of them are in cages and california is going in a different direction give us an update on that
2: Yeah, so this is you know, something that has been uh you know a long time uh you know effort and finally you know this basically what i what they call an animal welfare law related to uh how you know pigs are kept Uh, prior to being used for food and you know so now that it's finally in effect it's it's affecting obviously the, um, the production throughout the line in the United States so if you there's such an outpouring from the pork industry the pork producers basically crying poverty now because they're concerned about the impact that it's going to have on them and I you know, it's 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 rare to see such a like a a cheer a jerker story, but I mean it's just it's so incredibly one sided. Like all these these videos footage, I mean these pigs, like the the people that are playing with them, like the little babies, like no one's paying mind to what's really going on here. They're actually food. The the law itself is requiring these are the minimum standards that they're railing against that they require them to have 24 square feet of space so this means that they have the ability to lie down stand up and fully extend their limbs and turn around freely this is the requirement that they're railing against because it's cost prohibitive it's just so completely over the top i mean you know it's 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 so outrageous that That they're doing this in the first place, but then that they're complaining that they have to house them somewhat humanely before they slaughter them, I think is completely obnoxious. And, you know, if if you have to close because of it, so be it.
1: I mean, think of it. uh, The one meat product that we know that is devastating to so many people, if they consume it on a regular basis, is pork. Uh, I was at the Dominican uh, Day Parade today up Sixth Avenue. A lot of Dominicans love pork. Puerto Ricanos, they love pork. Uh, black people, they love pork. White people, they love pork. Depending on where they are, uh, Spain, I think, consumes the most pork of any nation in Europe. And yet, you look at every location where there are pork, where there's pork production and pork consumption, early deaths, heart attacks strokes, high blood pressure, diabetes. Uh, I mean, and a lot of it comes from the consumption of pork.
2: I mean, and and a lot of these industries have for a very long time been getting forms of government subsidies and bailouts because of that fact of what you're just saying. People are becoming much more aware and health conscious and they don't want to have that. They want to have something else. So the industry... If it's dissipating because of consumer demand, now they're trying to revive it in a different sort of way. Now, all of this is part of the same exact thing. So it's less consumer demand, more desire to have animals live humanely. I mean, they're fighting the trend of what humanity wants. I I, I don't think they're going to win.
1: Well, if you've ever seen the slaughterhouses for the pigs, especially in Iowa where I've seen it, Uh, They couldn't get enough people to hire. That's why they brought illegal aliens in to uh, man the slaughterhouses And North Carolina, which uh, they have industrial uh, production farms there for pigs where the sheds go almost miles. And the pigs inside have no room to move. No room. And you see pigs dying horrible deaths because they're getting trampled by other pigs. It becomes Darwinian, the survival of the fittest. So... I would just suggest to everybody out there why the hell are you even eating pork or pork products? Look how many people whose lives are shortened because of it, who end up in the hospital as a result. <laughs> Certain ethnic and racial groups even more so because pig has been part pork has been part of their their uh, their uh, items of consumption since they were little kids.
2: Yeah, I mean and 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 technically what this is supposed to do is is keep the animal healthier. So if there's a lack of concern for that, then it's like oh the animal can be diseased and sickly when they're selling it to the public. So people should be very concerned about the pushback against this humane sort of circumstance. Now,
1: what is this that I was reading about vasectomies for peacocks? <laughs>
2: Yeah. So apparently, in Florida, there are certain neighborhoods that have, you know, for a very long time had um, certain population of peacocks roaming around. But now, because of the changing environment, um, you know, again, more or less of like gentrification, they've been forced to move into areas where they haven't been before. Now, apparently, Florida is somewhat of a sanctuary state for birds in general. So. You can't do anything to any of these exotic birds without having some sort of a fine, so they're pretty much protected. But recently they've started to overtake some of these areas, or that's how it's like being phrased. Uh, They're moving into some of these areas that are a little more densely populated, and some of their behavior is annoying the residents. And, again, it seems, you know, it's, it's somewhat annoying. It's a little annoying, I can imagine, but not annoying enough to... Uh, implement what they're trying to do now, which is an eradication policy. so what happened was the the city put forward oh, we wanna um sort of elicit any bids for eradication policies, and this you know to its credit is a humane element of trying to do it, so they're trying to now um you know sort of uh state that if you you know can do vasectomies on male peacocks because they tend to have um you know like a group of the female peacocks then you'll really, um, you know, strictly, severely limit the population. So I love the idea. Um, Obviously, you know, these are things that make a lot of sense. Now, they seem to imply that the logistics of it are a little tough because it hasn't been done uh, many times before and in different circumstances, not necessarily on peacocks. But, you know, I like the idea of what they're trying because it's it's a lot more logical than – You know, just sort of trying to pull them out from an area when that makes no sense.
1: Wow. Really like to start trying this on some guys that I know. (laughs) Possible vasectomies that cannot be reversed. Yeah. I think our world would be better off for it. Much better off for it. Then this is a real tearjerker. You brought to our attention a story a while back in California. We all watched the video over and over. We couldn't believe it. This young man takes a dog with him. The dog obviously is his best friend. You can see the dog wagging its tail, walking along with him. He picks the dog up. He throws it over a fence. The fence isn't closed. It's part of some electrical facility. And then he walks away down the road. And the dog, you can just see the dog can't believe that it's being abandoned. Can't believe he eventually was caught and arrested. Imagine in California, he actually got arrested and was put in jail for that. Yeah, nothing. You don't get arrested in California for anything. But I think it broke so many people's hearts to see that. And now we see something very similar, although there's no video to this. But you can just imagine this. Imagine this. You're at an airport and you can't. All of a sudden, the last-minute glitch, you cannot take your beloved French Bulldog with you. And so you just abandon it right there in the airport. Oh, my God. Could you yes. get, Could you give us the details on that?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this was uh, Pittsburgh International Airport. And this woman, who's yet to be named, uh, abandoned her 7-year-old French Bulldog. Uh, you know, so apparently she, she goes to board the flight, and they explained to her that you need to have a certain type of, you know, crate. I'm sure there's, like, size, you know, depending upon what the, the flight is, and they told her she couldn't do that. So she tried to, uh, you know, negotiate very quickly how can I um, get this dog certified as a – you know, sort of an emotional support dog and potentially just bring, the, you know, bring the dog with me. And obviously that wasn't going to work right away. So, you know, she left and she wound up leaving the dog in a stroller, which she had brought the dog with in a stroller in the parking uh, lot outside. It's like on the second floor up. So, And, and she left uh, the dog with a bowl of water and a bag of food And she just went about on her trip. So now, you know, no one noticed it when she got on her flight that she was a lady who was supposed to have the dog. And because the uh, dog had a chip in it, they were able to put together that that's who it was. You know, and now they're, like, tracking it down. And, you know, they made this point of saying she was going on a vacation destination. Like, so, you know, to make sure that it, it was clear that it wasn't, like, some emergency where maybe she had to. But... You know, it, like, she actually had the dog in a stroller when she was trying to take it on the plane. So, you know, to some extent, I'm thinking maybe it's a good sign that she doesn't have this dog anymore because that already sounds kind of idiotic to me.
1: Can you imagine the feelings that that dog had as it was left in that carriage to walk, watch her walk away and then realize there was nobody around?
2: Nobody. I mean, and and that's the thing. It's like it's so disheartening to think that uh, someone would do that. They they had they didn't have video footage, but they had a picture of the dog sitting in this uh, stroller. So you know, I mean, it, it, the type of the size that this dog was. I, I got the impression that this is probably how the dog would normally travel. I mean, I think that's why she brought it in the stroller. So this dog probably was going to stay in the stroller until she came back. It wasn't going to go anywhere.
1: And that's why we warn everybody, don't be surrendering your friends, your family members, your pets to the animal care and control shelters in New York City. There's only three of them. There's a little closet out in Staten Island that you can barely find. There's one on Linden Boulevard in Brooklyn in the most dangerous area of the city, bar none. And then you have one in East Harlem. These are not in good locations. They make it very difficult for people where people come and they surrender their pets, their friends, their family members, assuming they're going to get adopted out or fostered out for whatever reason. And they don't seem to ever tell them at animal care and control, the shelters, that, you know, there's a a good chance that if we can't adopt out uh, your dog or your cat or foster it out, that we're going to have to euthanize it. Do you know how many people at that point, what, you're going to kill it? No, 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 I'm I'm not. And then there are others who wouldn't care. Wouldn't care. They'll surrender their dog or cat. Well, if you gotta euthanize it, you know, I need to travel. I need to do this. I need to uh, just being completely selfish.
2: You know, and 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 there's these sad cases too because a lot of these um, animals will wind up at the shelter because they're uh, they come from the police. And what happens is, if there may have been a crime scene or someone may have been evicted or someone may have passed away, if there's an animal in the apartment. Right away, that animal goes to the shelter. So if there's no one there or no accommodation made, that animal can just get lost in the system.
1: Our numbers, one 800
2: W-A-B-C.
0: The Curtis Sleewa Show presents Curtis's Ark with Nancy Slewa Now, with Nancy Slewa. here's Curtis Sliwa.
1: To the phones we go, it's Walker and Paramus. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare edition of WABC, Walker.
4: Curtis, Nancy, good evening. Um, there was another humpback whale, a juvenile humpback in uh, Long Branch, New Jersey, that washed up today. And none of this stuff is reported in the media. I mean, you got to scour the computer, look in the internet, follow these blogs. It's crazy. And do you know the circumstances, Walker? No, it, it just washed up, and you know they're going to give you the. They have a script they read. You know that okay. it was hit by a. You know it's. Uh, it's obviously nothing to do with the windmills, okay, and yeah, uh, nothing to see here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they they say they'll do a necropsy, and then you never get the report of what caused the demise of these magnificent uh, mammals. And it's happening more and more often, and our elected officials, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right. to them if it was 100 whales, 100 dolphins. They don't care. They're just keeping it out of the newspaper. It's not even on the back page anymore. All right, well, we'll flush this out, Walker. I appreciate you bringing that to our attention. And, Nancy, can you do the deep dive on this uh, whale that washed up on the beaches of uh, the Jersey Shore Long Branch earlier today?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Definitely, we'll be on it. Uh, Let's go to Joe, who's calling from Jericho. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition of WABC. Curtis, Nancy, bless you.
5: Let us keep pressure on ACAC to stop killing dogs and cats. Let us encourage everyone, courtesy of Meucci and Marconi, and your adulto voce, to to waive the fees so American veterans, disabled and shut-ins can save these dogs and cats, and they can be instantly trained as service animals. And let us take a page out of the book of our ancestors that those beautiful two golden retrievers and one lifeguard on duty saved those five Italian children off the coast of Tuscany. Let's get that in America. Let's have it implemented and save these animals, these dogs from being slaughtered, the cats from being slaughtered, six million a year, disgraceful. Save the dogs and cats, the purposes, the whales, kill the murderers, the rapists, and the child molesters. What I'm saying is let's protect the innocent lives. And keep the pressure on ACAC.
2: Oh, you got
1: to. You got to. Animal care and control, Nancy. You got to see these facilities. Yeah, I mean,
2: and again, like, look at the example in New York City this summer. All of this concern, oh, we have a lifeguard shortage. Why did nobody come forward to say, why don't we implement this with the animals? Because these are the types of ideas you need to be utilizing and exist elsewhere. But for some reason... Don't exist in New York City. Like, New York City is immune to doing anything that involves animals in a meaningful way, and we're missing so many opportunities. It is disgraceful.
1: And again, I can't say it enough. Los Angeles now has no-kill shelters, as does Austin, Texas. Are we we not capable of doing what Los Angeles does or Austin, Texas? No, it's because they don't want to do it. And they spend millions and millions of dollars on these shelters, which I'm suggesting to people take a visit to the hole in the wall, the closet shelter in Staten Island, which is a disgrace uh, where they've put it out in the middle of nowhere. Your global positioning system can't even find it. Look, go to the go. Take your life in your hands and go to the animal care and control center off Linden Boulevard in East New York, right across from uh, the projects there, Uh, Cypress Hills, nasty. People are not going to go there.
2: If you wanted to visit the facility in Brooklyn, you would pretty much have to have a car because it's not even accessible by public transportation. There's no walking traffic. No one's ever going to see this place. No one's ever going to see these animals. They're stockpiling them away just so they can euthanize them. That's what's going on.
1: Well, you better have an armored car if you're going to go out there because of the number of drive-by shootings by the gangs that are in the Cypress Hills projects there. Our number is one 800 let us go to Stan, the man in Forest Hills. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition at WABC, Stan.
4: Good evening to both of you. Uh,
6: I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, do you think there is a report of these stores that, you bring your dog or cat to, and you keep them there if you have to travel is there any consumers' report on a lot of these stores because I've heard some bad things about some of these places. Do you know of any report uh related to a lot of these places that like their hotels on the on the street? you know what I'm saying, and you'd leave your cat and dog there, they supposedly take care of them, and then you come back or oh, there's something wrong. Uh, are, is there any report that talks about some of these companies that do that? I mean, uh, they're good. They're A, B, C. You know that type of thing. Do you know of anything like that,
1: Nancy? Yeah,
2: I mean you know, the, the the most basic thing I would think of is I don't know any like off the top of my head. I don't know any that are animal rescue approved. But I w- I think the basic things like Yelp reviews. Like when you start going online, I mean, there's like it's like the equivalent of Consumer Reports for you know people who utilize the business. If you go to Yelp reviews. And you're going to these types of businesses if they're not doing the right thing you can you can usually tell because there's enough people who are giving them bad ratings so that's one of the nice places where you can get some good feedback on things um and obviously there's different uh like like local animal groups if you look at um community uh, animal groups on you know any of these like uh, social media web pages they usually have a lot of um, great community groups where you just, uh, you know, jump in and you say, okay, does anyone have this information? And, again, there's a lot of feedback directly from people. So, yeah, unfortunately, to your point, there's not a lot of official ways to find this stuff out, but you have to, you know, look into a lot of community groups of people doing this type of stuff.
1: My number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Lou in Long Island. Your turn to be heard on the Animal Welfare Edition at WABC, Lou.
4: Yes, Curtis and Nancy, I love your uh, animal advocacy. But uh, uh, relevant to the uh, German Shepherd Psycho, it becomes the owner's responsibility if they have an aggressive dog to nip it in the bud. I've had several German Shepherds. Some of them were just couch potatoes, and others were, you know, especially the males. They were very aggressive. And you have to train them because if you don't train them, They are going to train you. That's what German shepherds do.
1: Hmm. So, for instance, explain the difference between the average uh, male German shepherd and female German shepherd in terms of their aggressiveness and what they might do. Well,
4: it just just goes with the the natural world. The female German shepherd is more nurturing and herding, and the male German shepherd is more aggressive and protecting. No, I don't know the gender of this dog that killed a poodle, but I would guess it would be a male. I don't think a female would do that. Shepherd would do that to another dog.
1: And what about keeping dogs like this on a leash when you're walking? Oh, that's
4: that's a prerequisite. I don't care any. I don't care if it's a two-pound poodle, or a 50-pound or an 80-pound Rottweiler. It has to be on a leash in, you know, city environments. We're not talking about a farm here.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, Lou, I see it all the time, especially with shepherds. People want the shepherd to run because it's a magnificent animal and, you know, runs around and they might throw a a stick or they may throw a ball and then the the shepherds will go play with it and they don't have them on a leash. And then the next thing you know, they see another animal and they go on point and they're ready to go on attack. And and I just don't understand. This is not the countryside. You want to go to the countryside? Plenty of places in the Berkshires, the Poconos, out where your mom lives, Nancy. Where there's plenty of land. You know, you you could bring dogs up there and release them, and they can frolic and have fun, and you don't have to be worried about them attacking any other animals or people.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and again, it's it's a little bit light on the information to like regarding these dogs, but the fact that she had them in the store with her and then she was so easily able to ship them to the place she lives upstate you know it's i don't know if it's it sort of uh speaks of the fact that maybe she was using them as like security and that's a whole nother thing too because there are people who you know will have dogs they're not their pets their family they will you know it's almost like junkyard dogs oh you're gonna make sure this place is safe so then that would definitely sort of um, say that you're not even training the dog at all. It's like, oh, just attack when you see something, and that's pretty much the only interaction you'd have with them.
1: Still, the uh, uh, owner and operator of that bookstore, Les (laughs) Enfants Terribles, on East 96th Street in the Upper East Side, she named her white German Shepherd (laughs) Psycho. I mean, I I think she gave him the name because... He had psychotic tendencies, just like yeah, people. Yeah, I
2: think she's going to have trouble defending herself in a lawsuit, that's for sure. Right,
1: but just like people. I've come across animals. They look like they're titched, like they're robots. Something's wrong. All the furniture I is she up. She knew
2: that, I'm sure.
1: Right, all the furniture is upstairs and rearranged in the wrong rooms, and you got to be careful around them. Anyway, let's go to Mary Jane in Melville. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition at WABC. Mary Jane.
4: Hi, folks. I'm in Melville now. I come from Bay Flushing 19 years ago. But there was a store near the Clearview that would take in all chashkas and stuff. People would donate, people would buy, and the money would go to people who needed food for their animals or needed to have something done. I don't know if it's still there, but it was doing a good job. I don't know. It was near the Clearview Expressway in Bayside. Is there any way to find out if it's still there?
1: we can uh, Nancy if you could do the deep dive on that and bring that to our attention next week i think uh I, I think if people were in that immediate area bayside they might actually take advantage of his services
2: oh no absolutely i'll definitely i'll i'll follow up next week and you know let you know
1: oh in addition to taking on more calls when we return we got to talk about that pet shop that's closing in bay ridge The owner-operator was crying. She's moving to Boca Raton. She said, I have enough money. I make enough money. I have good customers. I treat a lot of animals. We have good relationships. But because of the crime and the garbage, I got to close up. So now, oftentimes, if you develop a relationship, and we'll discuss this when we come back, Nancy, with a pet store, they're often a lot more friendly and a lot more helpful than vets. Where it's like going into a hospital, you know, you're walking into a maze. You walk into a pet store. I remember you took me to that pet store. It's along the BQE. It's like a warehouse. It's just yes, like yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. Yeah, two blocks, <laughs> right?
1: Two blocks from the water. Yeah. And the guy I was asking him question after question about all different kind of animals, and he was like, "Man, he was like uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica." And remember how many other customers were coming there, traveling from. Out from Long Island, New Jersey, to come there because the guy didn't just sell you food and little tchotchkes for your pets. They actually came. He was like a conciliatory when they were having problems with their pets.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously everyone wants to have good, uh, you know, customer service, but you know it goes beyond that, and then especially when it comes to, you know, family members. Let's face it; I mean, that's what people consider their pets. So, you know, they're asking about specific things, and, you know, you feel like you're part of a community, in a sense.
1: Our number is 1-800-848-9222.
2: W-A-B-C.
1: For an appointment or newbridgehealth.org.
0: The Curtis Lewa Show presents Curtis's Ark with Nancy Slewa. Now with Nancy Slewa. Here's Curtis Lewa.
1: Telephones we go. Uh, let's go to Joe in Queens. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Joe.
4: Yeah, I have a question, but also uh, what's notable, I, I was reading that the blue whales can have a neuron in their spinal cord. That's the size of half of, of a basketball court. So it is amazing that they're getting thrown off. But also, uh, I was reading something about primates such as baboons that sleep in trees. One reason they give is it could be to, uh, you know, stay, steer away from predators while they're sleeping. But that raises the question is where do some of these animals sleep? Nancy?
2: Um, let's see the the whales, uh, the ocean. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, uh, so he means what? It, the whales in general?
1: No, no. I think he uh, referred first. Uh, he was referring to the baboons sleeping in trees. You know, animals.
2: Uh, well, oh no. Well, yeah. So, so again, right? Yeah. So there there are certain animals that sleep in trees. Like for instance, there's uh, some of the monkeys that uh, they sleep by uh, hanging from their tails from trees. So this is why. Like, their populations are starting to dwindle in certain countries where they exist because of deforestation. Like, there's no place for them to sleep at night. So that, that is an actual thing. Animals who, who do rely on sleeping on the trees are, are, are suffering now. So,
1: Now, question, uh, this has to do with humans versus animals. When <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell had her mansion in Rockland County before she uh, sold it, uh, from time to time she said she would go in her closet and she would hang upside down. Is that similar to what uh, some of the monkeys do when they sleep and they have their tails wrapped around trees and they hang upside down?
2: I don't know. That sounds kind of insane. I don't know
1: what that means. Well, you know, who knows? Uh, By the way, the baboons, if you've ever watched them, are meticulous in terms of cleaning one another. They're incredible animals. You know, they pick the particuli out of their fellow baboons. They have all kinds of human traits, And so if you actually observe them, whether in real life at a uh, a preserve or you see some of the films that have been made of them, you say these are, I mean, they're just one step away from being human beings.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, like, and same like with pigs. I mean, they're notoriously portrayed as being sloppy and dirty, and yet they're one of the most uh, clean animals that exist.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, they, I, I found that out uh, the hard way when I was asked to slop the hogs and feed them feed them uh, the leftovers from the uh, uh, household scraps of the Sleewa family in Lockport, Illinois, outside of Chicago, where my, my grandfather Anton had a farm with my grandmother Wanda. And these are incredibly smart animals, these pigs. On that note, let's go to the phone's. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. It's Patrick in Huntington. Your turn to be heard here, at WABC. Patrick.
3: Hello, Curtis and Nancy. How you doing? Good. Uh, got one call. My son. Uh, my son's on the Upper West Side. Probably not far from you, you guys. Uh, two years ago, he got a rescue pit that was in a cage for who knows how long. Uh, she was maybe about three. She was basically just pushing out babies, right? Spent mm-hmm. the whole life in a crate. They got her, and immediately the dog attacked my son because he had no social interaction. Cowed in the corner the whole night in the apartment. Two years so, uh, since then, they have a vest on him, on her, that says nervous, right? Yeah. Bright red. Yeah. Uh, bright yellow nervous vest so people are wear, you know, yeah. and this dog is just a big love bug. I oh, mean, my
2: gosh.
3: And so if, if people would, if they have a dog that's skittish or that kind, either put a muzzle on him, put a sign on him, and have a short leash on him. You know, pay attention to your dog. And, you know, because they just want to please. They're only doing what, they, what comes natural, only if that natural has been allowed to, uh, you know, uh, fester. If, if that's the right word. You now, know?
1: Patrick, how long uh, did your son know how long they had kept that uh, dog in a cage?
3: That was just a guess. That oh. was a guess because you could tell from her nipples she had recently given birth. Uh, so that was a, a, like a
2: guesstimate. Hmm. And how long do, uh, would you say before like the dog turned the corner?
3: Uh. Pretty quickly, you know, with affection and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very quickly, they've had it two years now, and uh, uh like it, it didn't want to tolerate a stranger at all. More people are afraid of her, and they sense that. Yeah, yeah. Dogs, you know, but uh, she loves seeing me, and I don't see that often. <laughs> but she recognizes, you know, from the smell, and but uh, you know, if, if you get a You get a a bright vest that says nervous or, you know, uh, and people pay attention. And like the previous guy says, you got to, you know, you got to put the time in with the dog. Dogs just want to please. They're happy to please you.
1: That's uh, excellent advice, Patrick. Uh, But um, we have to discuss this story that I touched upon right before we came to the Animal Welfare Edition. And that's this Brooklyn Pet Store owner in Bay Ridge closing the business due to the city's failing policies. She says the crime is horrible. What can you tell us about this pet store?
2: Yeah, so this is uh, Wagging Tails in Bay Ridge, and they've been open since 2006. They've been there since 2018, and, uh, you know, last year there was the armed robbery that started off on the sidewalks, built into their store. And, you know, after all this time, you know, it's a husband wife running a business. Obviously, they're very passionate about it. And, uh, you know, the clientele, the people who have now become accustomed to visiting the store, because, you know, they obviously they sell the supplies. They're also groomers. So, you know, that's like a very close relationship they have with uh, the people who visit them. And, you know, they they said very clearly the reason they're leaving is because of these concerns. And, like, they posted a sign uh, saying the failure of our politicians, their failing policies, destroying our city and neighborhood. That's why they're leaving. Now, what's – you know, so now, again, like, to put this a little in perspective, too, so now the, the uh, office of – uh Justice Justin Brennan's office, oh – you know, he's a former business owner. He understands the complexities of business, like completely sidestepping the reason why they're leaving, which has nothing to do with the ups and downs of business. It's a very specific reason they're citing. And then also having the goal to say, while it's sad to see a small business close, there's new ones opening all the time, so we welcome them. Like, you know, just don't let the door hit you on the way out is what it sounds like to me. And I think that's completely disgraceful. And you know, and, and another thing, with the animal care and control, they're cutting service to the spay and neuter for uh for the clinics, for the people who do things like where they're rescuing the cats outside, the feral cats, and they're citing shortages of veterinarian. Oh, there's not enough veterinarians. So we have to so not only are they not taking cats in, they're also saying we can't do that. And then you're letting businesses leave. So you have what's an organic industry, um, you know, pets Animals. people are trying to care for their pets. They're trying to make sure that they can give them the best life, the best food, the best services. And everyone trying to do that, you're shutting the door on them and not paying attention to what people need. You're creating brand-new industries when people have a need you're not fulfilling. I mean, again, disgraceful.
1: Let's go, if we can, to Dennis in Greenlawn. Your turn to be heard here on the Animal Welfare Edition here at WABC, Dennis.
6: Hey, thanks a lot, Curtis. And uh, thank you for your lovely wife. I know you guys are cat lovers, but uh, what I do in Greenlawn is we welcome dogs into our home for families that, you know, go on vacation, that kind of thing. And we've been doing it for 10 years now. It's the Happy Dog Inn of Greenlawn. And we live on a half acre and uh, we have a big pool and a whole bunch of acres of trails out back. And we take in all kinds of dogs, right? But they have to be nice dogs. Right, so we do a meet and greet uh, to start with, and then we do a trial stay to make sure the dog is okay as it as it spends the night, and to get comfortable with our family, and we give them so much love and so much exercise that we've, we've become so so popular. But we don't do cats, and
1: I know
2: that's,
1: <laughs> that's what you guys I know. But now, you guys really love cats. Let me ask you a question, Dennis. Did you ever have people who came back from vacation? And like happens sometimes with humans at camps, they don't want to leave. It happens all the the time. The dogs do not want to leave because now they're out in the open, they're frolicking with other dogs, they're having a great old time, and they don't want to go back to a cramped apartment in which they have very little room to move. It happens all the
6: time to the point, and I have like a really big house, right? So to the point where like I have two basements, one is my office, one is my man cave, to the point where like dogs are like hiding in the man cave and the owners are like, <whistles> come on, time to go And I'm like, Oh, can you get my dog? <laughs> wow. <laughs> they really, they, yeah, they really they really, really like it here. We we're like the most popular dog sitters on Long Island, actually. All right, and again, the name
1: of your compound?
6: Oh, it's not a compound. It's a it's a home.
1: We just Our compound. The it's the Happy Dog Inn in Greenlawn. The Happy Dog Inn. So this is like a bed and breakfast for dogs. <laughs> oh, it, it really is. It's really, really fun. But um,
6: and by the way, Curtis, thank you for being such a hero for New York City. Uh, I mean, well. I, I, I think I think you are terrific. And uh, the fact that you love animals and with your with your lovely wife, it, it just warms my heart. And I'm sorry you didn't. I'm sorry you're not the mayor of New York City.
1: Uh, well, you know, Dennis, uh, all these rallies I'm going. There's one thing I hear: run again, Curtis, run again. Because we got to take this guy out, and this guy just briefly, before we turn it over to uh, Dominic Card, who's on from eleven to one, extended hour now. Is that Eric Adams said he would be friends of dogs and cats? Remember Nancy said, "Oh, maybe I'll, I'll bring a dog over to Gracie Mansion." I remember nothing like everything else. He has a press conference. He professes he's going to do something, and he does. Nothing. Well, anyway, if anybody needs to get in touch with you on animal welfare issues, how do they do
0: so, Nancy?
2: GuardianAngels.org, Animal Welfare.
0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.